Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual Fiscal Update articles are published, please go to www.legis.iowa.gov slash subscribe. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Iowa LSA. To view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab at the top and then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Under Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and search for a particular report. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 2, 2016. Audit, Iowa Law Enforcement Academy. Fiscal Year 2015 Audit. State Auditor Mary Mosselman recently released the audit report on the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy, or ILEA, for fiscal year 2015. The ILEA is responsible for developing law enforcement training programs, establishing hiring standards for law enforcement officers, and setting standards for law enforcement service. Recommendations include the ILEA should ensure inventory items are valued at the most recent cost paid. The cost of inventory items has not been updated since January 2010. Cash collections from the gift shop are not being deposited with the Treasurer of State within 10 days as required by Iowa Code Chapter 12.10. The ILEA has responded that it will take steps to enact these recommendations. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk-Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 3, 2016, State Soil Conservation Committee Meeting. The State Soil Conservation Committee met on November 1, 2016 in Des Moines. The following was discussed. Nutrient Reduction Strategy Matt Leichtenberg, Water Quality Initiative Coordinator, provided an update on the Nutrient Reduction Strategy that included. The annual progress report is available on the Iowa State University website. There are 45 demonstration projects in process. These include 16 demonstration projects in targeted watersheds. The projects that began three years ago are being reviewed to see if the project end date should be extended. This is being completed by the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, or DALS. The DALS is accepting new proposals for additional demonstration projects. The end date is November 10, 2016. Seven projects that demonstrate innovative practices. These include edge-of-the-field practices that use bioreactors or saturated buffers or other practices such as planting cover crops. 22 urban projects. The DALS is currently accepting new proposals for additional urban projects until December 9, 2016. The plan is to review the proposals, award the projects, and begin implementation in April 2017. Other project funding for 2017 includes 
a $98.6 million grant from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development for a five-year project focusing on flood mitigation and nutrient reduction, a $9.5 million grant under the Regional Conservation Partnership Program, or RCPP, for the Midwest Agriculture Water Quality Partnership, and a $1.6 million grant for an urban-rural partnership led by Charles City to support the Rock Creek Watershed. Field Services Vince Sitzman, Chief Field Services Bureau, reported that the DALS had distributed the supplemental funds from the Soil and Water Conservation Cost Share Program in September. There were 44 soil and water conservation districts eligible to receive funds. Sitzman also reported that Humboldt and Keokuk counties were selected to participate in the reverse auction pilot project that was directed by the Iowa Legislature in House File 2454, Fiscal Year 2017 Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Act. Water Resources. Jay Canson, Chief Water Resources Bureau, reported there were two projects completed in Wright and Emmett counties that were funded by the Conservation Reserve Enhancement Project, or CREP. In addition, there are two more projects in bidding phase and 13 projects in the development phase. The next meeting will be held on December 3rd, 2016 in Des Moines. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 3rd, 2016. Iowa Supreme Court Ruling, State Public Defender versus Iowa District Court. Background. The Iowa District Court for Story County assessed court and travel costs against the state public defender for withdrawing from the representation of a child prior to a detention hearing without taking steps to secure alternative representation for the child. The court's order taxed the state public defender the court costs related to the detention hearing as well as travel costs of the public defender, the county attorney, and the Ames police officer who appeared at the proceeding. Holding. The district court exceeded its authority when it assessed court and travel costs against the state public defender for refusing to represent the child at the detention hearing. The Supreme Court vacated the order taxing court costs and travel expenses to the state public defender. Fiscal information. The payment of costs and expenses in juvenile proceedings is set by statute. The county must pay the costs incurred in connection with the administration of juvenile justice under Iowa Code Section 2. 32.141. This section allocates the costs of juvenile proceedings to the county in which they are held. The Supreme Court noted that the legislature did not authorize the courts to tax court costs or travel expenses of witnesses, parties, or their counsel to attorneys representing parties in juvenile proceedings. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-556-3595. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 3, 2016. Audit Report, Melcher Dallas Community School District. Audit Report, the Auditor of State has released a report on the special investigation of the Melcher Dallas Community School District, which was requested by school district officials due to concerns over disbursements made by the district's former business manager, Nathan Spiegel. Investigation results. The auditor identified $52,701.39 in unsupported disbursements to Mr. Spiegel between July 1, 2013 and January 16, 2016, the period of time that coincided with Mr. Spiegel's employment. 
Improper payroll disbursements, $24,984 payroll additional hourly pay, $13,451 other payroll payments, pay advances, $5,803 district share of health insurance, $3,310 district share of FICA and IPERS, $1,114 reimbursements with no supporting evidence, and $200 cash withdrawal. The subtotal $48,862. Other improper disbursements. $2,327 petty cash withdrawal, $1,027 checks redeemed for cash with insufficient documentation, and $485 reimbursements issued with insufficient documentation. The subtotal $3,839 in unsupported disbursements. The total overall $52,701. Recommendations. The auditor made several suggestions to improve Melcher Dallas Community School District's procedures, including segregation of duties regarding petty cash, disbursements, payroll, bank accounts, and reporting, ensure checks issued by the district maintain sequence, review the need for and policies surrounding petty cash, maintain thorough records regarding disbursements, and complete payroll checks during board meetings. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 4, 2016. IPERS November Cost of Living Dividend. November Dividend. The Iowa General Assembly established a once-a-year payment pursuant to Iowa Code Section 97B.49F for certain retirees of the Iowa Public Employees Retirement System, or IPERS. This year, payments were made to 5,988 retirees and beneficiaries for a total of $6.45 million. The benefit is for those who retired before July 1, 1990, or their beneficiaries. Additional information is available on the IPERS website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 8, 2016. Executive Council Meeting. The Executive Council met on Monday, November 7, 2016. The following are agenda items approved by the Council. The Iowa Department of Human Services requested the Executive Council approve a resolution to fund the Iowa Individual Assistance Grant Program in the total amount of $325,000 pursuant to Iowa Code Section 29C.20A. The monies are used by individuals or families to replace or repair items affected by a disaster emergency that cannot be covered by other means of financial assistance. The following amounts were approved, $300,000 for Al McKee, Benton, Blackhawk, Bremer, Buchanan, Butler, Cedar, Saragordo, Chickasaw, Clayton, Delaware, Fayette, Floyd, Franklin, Hancock, Howard, Jones, Lynn, Louisa, Mitchell, Muscatine, Story, Worth, Winnesheek, and Wright Counties. $25,000 for disaster case management training. The Iowa Department of Revenue requested authorization to expend monies totaling $40,000 from the litigation expense fund in the second quarter of fiscal year 2017 pursuant to Iowa Code Section 441.73. At the end of August, the parties were able to settle all three appeals of Buckeye Transportation, The appeals were formally dismissed in September. Litigation fees and expenses 
are estimated not to exceed $40,000. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 8, 2016, ECI Board Meeting. The Early Childhood Iowa ECI State Board met on Friday, November 4, 2016 in the Legislative Dining Room of the Iowa State Capitol. The board convened to review pediatric dental care outcomes and penetration data for children from low-income families across the state and to discuss the work of individual ECI State Board committees. Preventative Dental Services. Dr. Bob Russell, Public Health Dental Director at the Iowa Department of Public Health, or IDPH, provided an overview of preventative dental services offered and families served through the iSmile Dental Program. Members of the board had questions regarding the ratio of active licensed dentists to those accepting new Medicaid patients. The uneven ratio underscores the necessity of IDPH's involvement in providing early dental access. Family Support Services. The board heard updates from the Family Support Services Group on their implementation of maternal depression screenings, developmental screenings, and outcome measures for the group's intervention projects, including long-term home-based visitation and short-term and group-based programs. Staff also updated the board on the ongoing implementation of new data collection systems. DAISY Data Integration Solutions for the Early Years, which streamlines data tracking and allows regional entities to better organize the information collected from the families they serve. Competency Assessment The development of the competency assessment for all practitioners, direct service providers, and supervisors was discussed. The assessment, which covers the nine nationally recognized domain area competencies for early childhood service providers, will begin rolling out in the coming months for all practitioners in ECI, Iowa Maternal Infant and Early Childhood Home Visitation, or MIECHV, and Healthy Opportunities for Parents to experience success, Healthy Families Iowa, or HOPE's HFI programs. E-learning modules will also be available as pre-teaching tools. Concerns regarding the validity of a multiple-choice assessment were raised and discussed. The next ECI board meeting is scheduled for January 6, 2017. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249 and Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 8, 2016. Children's Mental Health and Well-Being Workgroup Meeting. The Children's Mental Health and Well-Being Workgroup met on Thursday, November 3, 2016 in Room 19, of the Iowa State Capitol. The work group convened to discuss the Total Child Learning Lab, the Adverse Childhood Experiences, or ACEs, Policy Coalition, Crisis Prevention, and Early Childhood Iowa's role in promoting the well-being of young children. Children's Learning Lab Update. Ann Grunwald of Four Oaks shared information about the Total Child Learning Lab and results achieved since the inception of the System of Care model in 2011 in Cedar Rapids. The Total Child Learning Lab has plans to partner with participating labs by sharing approaches for overcoming barriers and publicizing outcome data. ACE's Policy Coalition. 
Chancey East, manager of the Regional Child Protection Center at Blank Children's Hospital, shared comparisons of high-ranking states in the area of children's mental health. She noted that a flexible, unrestricted funding source is a tool other states use to meet the unique needs of children and their families. The work group briefly discussed using funds for mental health crisis prevention and children's overall well-being in a similarly flexible manner as done in the case of decategorization funding in child welfare and juvenile services. Children's Well-Being Collaborative the work group discussed strategies for identifying key entities for involvement in the Children's Well-Being Collaborative, including identifying geographic regions and the region's needs and existing resources. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 8, 2016. Board of Corrections Meeting, November 2016. The Board of Corrections met November 4, 2016 at the Central Office of the Department of Corrections, or DOC, in Des Moines. Director Jerry Bartruff welcomed the board and provided an update of his activity since the last meeting. A pre-service training class for new employees ended this week and graduation was held on November 3rd. Director Bartruff was struck by the diverse backgrounds of this class. On October 12th, Community-Based Corrections, or CBC, held a recognition ceremony in the 8th District. During the week of October 17th, training related to recidivism programs was held for 90 employees. On October 18th, the Fort Dodge Correctional Facility held a recognition banquet for 380 offenders who had not received any disciplinary reports during the year. A warden's meeting was held at the Anamosa State Penitentiary, or ASP, on October 19th. That same day, there was an escape attempt by an inmate that was quickly contained due to staff action. On October 27th, a meeting was held with the Iowa State University landscaping staff and students related to projects at the ASP and the Iowa Medical and Classification Center for staff decompression areas. On October 28th, there was a meeting of the Victim Advisory Committee. Board of Parole, John Hodges, Chair of the Board of Parole, or BOP, provided data showing that cases for consideration being reviewed by the BOP are up by 18.3% for the first four months of fiscal year 2017 compared to the same time period in fiscal year 2016, and this included 329 additional releases. The prison population was 8,330 on October 31, 2015, and 8,288 on October 31, 2016. This is a decrease of 42 inmates, or 0.5%. Collaboration between the BOP and the DOC has contributed greatly to greater efficiency and includes regular meetings to ensure prompt communication of issues, cross-training on processes used by either the BOP or the DOC to foster better understanding of information needed for decision-making, continued development of the Iowa Corrections Offender Network, continued collaboration with the CBCs and the DOC on revocation processes to foster uniformity and develop additional alternatives to revocation where appropriate. County Confinement Budget. The state reimburses counties for holding alleged violators of work release, parole, or certain operating while intoxicating conditions of supervision pending a revocation hearing. In fiscal year 2015, $620,000 was reallocated to the initial general fund appropriation of $1.1 million, an increase of 57.7%. 
In fiscal year 2016, the total reallocation to county confinement reimbursements was $634,000 to the initial appropriation of $1.1 million, an increase of 58.9%. The DOC held a Lean Kaizen event to develop a process to reduce county confinement costs and increase efficiencies. Goals developed from this event are to decrease the cost of county confinement by 20% for fiscal year 2017, decrease the average days an offender is in jail prior to a BOP initial hearing from 26.7 days to 14 days, decrease the average days between a parole violation report or PVR submittal date and the BOP initial hearing from 13.4 days to 10 days or less, and decrease the average days for the PVR submittal date from an average of 13.9 days from the start of an offender being placed in jail to five days. Target population recidivism rates. The DOC calculates a prison recidivism rate, but has also started calculating a recidivism rate for the probation and parole population that includes higher risk probationers receiving case planning. This will coincide with a new statewide recidivism reduction strategy that is expected to be fully implemented in 2017. The work now will provide the baseline for examining the effectiveness for this strategy by 2020, and the recidivism rates are based on three years of tracking data. The board requested updates on a yearly basis as this project moves along. Core Correctional Practices Overview. A training program for correctional staff is being implemented that emphasizes building working relationships with inmates through new thinking, social skills, problem solving, and identifying and reducing risk. There will be a two-year implementation of training for correctional staff statewide. The goal is to establish treatment practices to keep staff and the public safe. Budget update. After the distribution of fiscal year 2017 additional funds of $3.4 million for department-wide duties, there is still a projected shortfall of $1.8 million. Full-time equivalent or FTE positions are being left vacant to achieve savings, but that also incurs overtime costs. All of the institutions have done a staffing analysis and rebidding of shifts at some institutions is being considered to cut overtime costs. Hepatitis C drugs, as well as other pharmaceuticals, continue to be very costly. There are currently four capital projects still underway. Bidding addressing the humidity problems at the Iowa State Penitentiary in Fort Madison will be done this month, and work will be completed before July 1, 2017. Capital monies for this project will revert July 1, 2017. The Iowa Correctional Institution for Women at Mitchellville has one building under construction, and that should also be completed before July 1, 2017. The 3rd District CBC currently has heating, ventilation, and air conditioning repair work being completed. The 5th District CBC has fiber optics upgrades and building maintenance being done. The next board meeting is scheduled for January 6, 2017 at the Central Office in Des Moines. For additional information, see the DOC website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk-Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 8, 2016. Audit Report, Iowa Educational Savings Plan Trust. The Office of Auditor of State released an audit report on the Iowa Educational Savings Plan Trust for the year ended June 30, 2016. The trust was created by the General Assembly under Iowa Code Chapter 12D. 
The purpose of the trust is to allow U.S. citizens to invest money for the future payment of higher education costs for designated beneficiaries. There are two 529 plans administered under the trust. The College Savings Iowa 529 plan was established in 1998 to be sold directly to the public. The Iowa Advisor 529 plan was established in 2006 to be sold through financial advisors. For fiscal year 2016, between the two programs, there were a total of 288,115 accounts of which 239,467, or 83.2%, were through College Savings Iowa 529 plans, and 48,648, or 16.8%, were through Iowa Advisor 529 plans. As of June 30, 2016, the trust had 129,313 participants and 225,037 beneficiaries. For fiscal year 2016, the net position of the trust was $4.453 billion. This was an increase of $87.9 million in the fiduciary net position compared to fiscal year 2015. Additions to the fund totaled $413.3 million, a decrease of 16% compared to the prior year. This is due in part to changes in the financial market. Deductions from the fund totaled $325.4 million, an increase of 7.5% compared to the prior year. The increase in deductions was mainly due to increased distributions to beneficiaries for educational expenses. A copy of the audit report is available on the state auditor's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 10, 2016. Audit Report, Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs, or DCA. The Auditor of State released the Fiscal Year 2015 Audit Report for the Department of Cultural Affairs, or DCA, on October 11, 2016. The Auditor recommended that the DCA implement control procedures to ensure employees record actual hours worked on each separately funded program rather than a predetermined budget rate. The Auditor also determined that the DCA should comply with requirements related to the establishment of a certified targeted small business procedure level goal and encourage proper attendance of board members on the Iowa Arts Council. Findings Payroll Distribution The DCA is allowed to charge personal services for planning purposes to the Rebuild Iowa Infrastructure Fund, or RIIF, for the museum renovation project. The DCA did not have a mechanism to support actual time spent on the project. The DCA budgeted salary expenses of $111,119 for fiscal year 2015 at the beginning of the year for the project before the services were performed. The use of a predetermined distribution percentage resulted in actual personal services of $108,435 charged to the project. While the DCA retained evidence that work was done on the project, the supporting documentation does not contain an indication of the number of hours spent working on the project. Multiple DCA employees worked on more than one project throughout the year and allocated time to the project based on budgeted dollar amounts versus verified supporting documentation. The auditor recommended that the DCA ensure employees 
record actual hours worked on each separately funded project rather than a predetermined budgeted rate. The DCA responded that the agency aligned salaries to the project in a manner that was consistent with its usual salary distribution practices. The DCA uses the Department of Administrative Services, or DAS, salary distribution process which aligns salaries with responsibilities. This practice was used during the period of fiscal year 2015 through February in fiscal year 2016, at which time its work on the project was completed. The DCA acknowledges the finding and based upon this guidance, if the issue comes up again, the DCA will track salary costs on an hourly basis. The auditor accepted the response. Findings. Iowa Code Compliance. Iowa Code Section 73.16 requires the director of each state agency or department of state government having purchasing authority in cooperation with the Targeted Small Business or TSB Marketing and Compliance Manager of the Iowa Economic Development Authority or IEDA to establish a procurement goal for certified targeted small businesses each fiscal year. The procurement goal is required to include the procurement of goods and services including construction and excluding utility services. The goal is required to be stated in terms of a dollar amount and at a level exceeding the procurement levels from certified targeted small businesses during the previous fiscal year. The TSB procurement goal for the DCA for fiscal year 2015 was not set at a level exceeding the fiscal year 2014 actual TSB spending. The auditor recommended that the DCA establish a dollar amount procurement level exceeding the previous fiscal year certified targeted small businesses procurement level as required. The DCA responded that in the future the agency will establish a procurement goal that exceeds the procurement level from certified targeted small businesses during the previous fiscal year. The auditor accepted the response. Findings, council member attendance. Iowa Code Section 69.15 provides a person appointed to a board by the governor is deemed to have submitted a resignation if they do not attend three or more consecutive meetings or if they attend less than one-half of the regular meetings within 12 calendar months beginning on July 1st. Two members of the Iowa Arts Council appointed by the governor did not comply with the attendance requirements. The auditor recommended that the council work with the office of the governor and the designated members to encourage attendance at future meetings. The DCA responded that the agency will continue to monitor meeting attendance and work with the office of the governor to appoint members as necessary. The auditor accepted the response. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 10, 2016. Audit Report, High Quality Jobs Program, HQJP, and the Grow Iowa Values Fund, GIVF. The Auditor of State released the Fiscal Year 2004 through Fiscal Year 2014 Audit Report for the High Quality Jobs Program, HQJP, and the Grow Iowa Values Fund, GIVF, administered by the Iowa Economic Development Authority, or IEDA, on September 28, 2016. The Auditor reviewed the IEDA's administration of the programs to determine compliance with sections of the Iowa Code the Iowa Administrative Code, and the IEDA policies and procedures. The audit report provides a comprehensive look at how much state financial assistance the IDEA has awarded businesses, 
how much those companies invested in the projects themselves, how many jobs the businesses agreed to create or retain, and how many of those jobs have been created or retained. The report used the fiscal year 2014 IEDA annual report to review the programs. The report did not address the merit of the programs. However, the report did recommend that the IEDA improve on some reporting to provide more detail and summaries and make sure large companies with multiple locations use an independent auditing service to verify job obligations met. The IEDA agreed to increase efforts to make sure large companies provide enough documentation and to use an independent auditing service if the job levels at each location could not be determined. The report also details several reporting errors that the report indicates misleads the users of the IEDA annual report to believe funds have been collected back from the businesses by the IEDA when they have not been. The report further found the IEDA reporting does not fully report the cost of creating and retaining jobs. The report noted that the IEDA reporting does not include tax credits or local assistance. Finding Project File Maintenance the IEDA maintains project files for all financial assistance contracts entered into by the IEDA with businesses to demonstrate compliance with relevant laws, administrative rules, and the IEDA guidelines. The auditor recommended IEDA should ensure project files are maintained for each project awarded state financial assistance. The project files should contain all significant documents to allow a determination of compliance with relevant Iowa code sections, administrative rules, and the IEDA guidelines. The agency responded that the compliance team of the IEDA currently manages hundreds of financial assistance files ranging from small innovation platform awards to major financial incentives to businesses that create or retain jobs and make substantial investments in infrastructure. These files are sometimes touched by numerous staff within the administration division from accounting and finance, collections, front office, and the compliance team. Conceivably, files can on occasion be misplaced or misfiled. The IEDA will increase its diligence in this area to ensure proper handling and filing of all financial assistance awardee files. The IEDA's long-term goal is to have all files in an electronic format in addition to the paper file copies, which the IEDA has been implementing on awards made in the last five years. The misfiled items were awarded before this electronic backup was put in place. The auditor accepted the response. Finding Determination of Base Employment and Job Counting the IEDA has implemented written procedures which must be followed by the IEDA's contract compliance staff for determining contract compliance, base employment, and job verification. For a project involving more than two physical locations or involving more than 500 employees, the business must use an independent auditing service to set the business employment base and provide payroll analysis. According to a representative of the IEDA, only two businesses have used an independent auditing service to set their employment base and provide payroll analysis. After the first year of the project, both of those businesses worked with the IEDA to set the employment base and the payroll analysis rather than using an independent auditing service. According to the IEDA staff, they do not require companies to use an independent auditing service because of the cost incurred by the business for this service. As a result, the IEDA is not in compliance with its administrative rules. 
the auditor recommended that IEDA staff should ensure they receive or request statewide payroll information in order to determine if jobs are being created and or retained on a statewide basis. In addition, the IEDA should ensure companies with two or more locations or with more than 500 employees use an independent auditing service to verify the baseline employment and the jobs created and or retained as required by the administrative rules. The IEDA responded that the agency will increase its efforts to ensure that businesses with two or more locations within Iowa provide sufficient documentation which will enable the IEDA to determine and establish the base employment levels at each location. Independent auditing services will be utilized when IEDA is unable to make the determination. In addition, the IEDA will revisit this particular rule in order to provide discretion in requiring companies to use an independent accounting firm. The auditor accepted the response. Finding Annual Report The auditor reviewed the IEDA's annual reports for fiscal years 2013 and 2014 and selected 125 projects to determine if the IEDA reported projects in accordance with Iowa Code Section 15.107B and the administrative rules and determined whether the IEDA correctly reported the selected project's activity and project status. The auditor recommended that the IEDA should consider revising the annual report format and clarify the content to improve transparency and accountability and to facilitate evaluation of the success of the use of state financial assistance awarded to businesses for the purpose of creating and retaining jobs in the state. The IEDA responded that the agency is currently participating in the development of a new application that will allow for greater flexibility in the standardization and clarification of each project's status and provide more options in regard to providing more categorical totals. The auditor accepted the response. The report is available online. For additional information, please contact the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 16, 2016. Transportation Commission, November Meeting. The Transportation Commission met on November 8, 2016 in Ames. The topics covered included administrative rules. The department discussed and the commission approved proposed amendments to the following Iowa Administrative Code chapters. 761 Iowa Administrative Code Chapter 162. The Federal Surface Transportation Program became a block grant under the Federal Fixing America's Surface Transportation or FAST Act. Now that the program is a block grant, Program funds must be deposited into a special fund in the Iowa State Treasury and then be appropriated by the General Assembly to the Iowa Department of Transportation as required by Iowa Code Section 8.41. During the 2016 legislative session, the General Assembly appropriated $149.3 million in Senate File 2320 to the Department for FFY 2017. The administrative rules establishes requirements for the block grant program. Requirements include that the department must allocate funds throughout the state on a fair and equitable basis via a distribution methodology and that the Transportation Commission must approve the distribution methodology upon passage of each federal authorization of funds. 
761, Iowa Administrative Code Chapter 821, revises rules related to the Iowa Railroad Grade Crossing Surface Repair Fund. The proposed amendments include the following. Allow the Commission to set aside an amount not to exceed 50% in any fiscal year for discretionary project selection to meet critical or atypical needs. Set out criteria to take into consideration when utilizing discretionary project selection. Revitalize Iowa's Sound Economy, or RISE, Rock Rapids. RISE is a program created in 1985 for the purpose of promoting economic development in Iowa through the establishment, construction, improvement, and maintenance of roads and streets. In September 2016, the city of Rock Rapids requested RISE funds for road construction. At the November meeting, the commission approved a grant of $72.1 million or up to 50% of the RISE project cost, whichever is less. The anticipated completion date of the construction project is September 2017. Fiscal year 2016 Federal Bus and Bus Facilities Funding Recommendations. The Department of Transportation presented and the Commission approved the recommendations for $4.3 million in funding from the FFY 2016 Bus and Bus Facilities Discretionary Grant Program. The next meeting of the Commission will be held on December 13, 2016 in Ames. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Tim Crellin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 16, 2016. State Appeal Board, November 2016. The State Appeal Board met on November 10, 2016 in Des Moines. The Board took the following actions. Approved approximately $18,077 in general claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 25. Denied one claim totaling approximately $40,606. Approved four tort claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 669 for approximately $5,199. And denied tort claims totaling approximately $4.4 million. The State Appeal Board approved two settlements for a total of $68,000 as follows. A lawsuit alleged that the University of Iowa failed to properly obtain informed consent from the medical power of attorney for a patient as well as negligently performed a full mouth total extraction of the patient's teeth. The board approved the $50,000 settlement with half being paid to the patient's estate and the rest distributed evenly to each of the patient's five daughters. A lawsuit alleged negligence by the driver of a vehicle issued to the University of Iowa resulting in a motor vehicle accident in Travis County, Texas in March 2015. The board approved the $18,000 settlement. The next meeting of the State Appeal Board will be in December 2016 at a time to be determined. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 16, 2016, Natural Resource Commission Meeting. The Natural Resource Commission held a teleconference meeting on November 10, 2016. The following items were discussed. Water Recreation Grants. The Commission approved 15 Water Recreation Grant applications for a total of $354,000 with funding from the Marine Fuel Tax Fund. Grants were awarded to the following entities. The City of Anthem received $96,000 for a boat ramp on the Little Sioux River. The City of Davenport received $42,000 for a boat dock replacement project at Marquette Street Landing. The City of Osceola received $15,000 for a boat dock replacement project at West Lake Marina. The City of Volga received $4,000 for the Volga City Reserve Project. 
The Clayton County Conservation Board received $14,000 for an access improvement project on the Turkey River. The Dallas County Conservation Board received $44,000 for a new boat ramp project at Boonville. The Decatur County Conservation Board received $14,000 for a resurfacing project at Bluff Lake. The Emmett County Conservation Board received $6,000 for a dock replacement project at the Iowa Lake Campground. The Floyd County Conservation Board received $10,000 to improve access to the Midway River. The Jasper County Conservation Board received $61,000 for the Mariposa Lake Boat Ramp Project. The Jones County Conservation Board received $6,000 to install a courtesy dock at Iowa Lake. The Taylor County Conservation Board received $3,000 to improve access to Sands Timber Lake. The Palo Alto County Conservation Board received $5,000 for boat ramp improvements at Runner River and $12,000 for boat ramp improvements at Robert Mulroney Recreation Area. The Polk County Conservation Board received $22,000 to improve the boat ramp and dock at Yellow Banks Park. Land Acquisition The Commission approved four purchases and one donation of land which included the Kellerton Bird Conservation Area in Ringgold County. The purchase is for 154 acres for $400,000. The land will be used for bird habitat development. Funding includes $200,000 from the State Wildlife Federal Grant and $200,000 from Wildlife Habitat Stamp Sales. The Ensign Hollow Wildlife Management Area, or WMA, in Clayton County. The purchase is for 78 acres for $276,000. The land will be used for public fishing, hunting, and other recreational activities. Funding includes $207,000 from federal Pittman-Robinson funds and $69,000 from the Resource Enhancement and Protection, or REAP, fund. The Big Marsh WMA in Butler County. This includes a purchase of 228 acres for $230,000 and a donation of four acres from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. The land will be used for public hunting and other recreational activities. Funding includes $93,000 from the Federal North America Wetlands Conservation Act grant and $137,000 from wildlife habitat stamp sales. And the purchase of a conservation easement for public fishing at the Pine Spring, North Canoe, and West Canoe Creeks in Winnesheet County. The easement will cover 76 acres and the purchase price is $190,000. Funding includes $100,000 from the Fish Restitution Fund and $90,000 from the REAP Fund. The next meeting will be held on December 8, 2016 in Des Moines. Additional information is available at the Natural Resource Commission webpage. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 16, 2016. Council on Human Services Meeting. The Council on Human Services met on Wednesday, November 9, 2016 at the Eldora State Training School for Boys in Eldora, Iowa. Rules and Notices of Intended Action. The Council reviewed Medicaid rules pertaining to the Home Health Low Utilization Payment Adjustment, or LUPA, rates and upper payment limits and reimbursement rates for providers of HBCS waiver services. The Council also reviewed Notices of Intended Action for Immediate Care Facilities for the Intellectually Disabled ICF-ID Assessments, Food Assistance Delinquent Claims as referred to the Treasury Offset Program, or TOP, the shift from purchase of service based to performance-based foster care contracts and drug reimbursement methodology for drugs provided to medicated recipients 
who are American Indians or Alaska Natives by health facilities that are operated by the U.S. Indian Health Service. Managed Care Oversight and Executive Summary Sally Titus, Deputy Director of the Department of Human Services, provided a timeline and summary of the Council's deliberations relating to managed care. Members of the Council raised questions regarding the current managed care data available and ways to make program findings easier to interpret for all audiences. Superintendent Presentation and Facility Tour. The meeting concluded with a tour of the Eldora State Training School facility. The superintendent of the training school, Mark Day, gave a presentation about the population served by the training school, resources needed, for example, a psychiatrist or psychiatric nurse practitioner as the current psychiatrist is retiring, and then led a tour of the classrooms, living and recreational quarters, and vocational workshop areas of the facility. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks-Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 16, 2016. Audit Report, Iowa Workforce Development. The Auditor of State released the Fiscal Year 2015 Audit Report for the Iowa Department of Workforce Development, or IWD, on October 5, 2016. The Auditor recommended that the IWD develop procedures to develop policies and procedures to ensure all reports are submitted in a timely manner and reviewed and approved by an independent person, ensure information generated for financial reporting is properly tested and reviewed for accuracy, identify sensitive positions and ensure background investigations are routinely performed as part of the hiring process, review capital asset policies and procedures to ensure a detailed up-to-date capital asset listing is maintained, ensure compliance with the Department of Administrative Services Purchasing Card Program Procedures Manual, and ensure necessary steps are taken to comply with the Code of Iowa or continue to seek the repeal of outdated code sections. The IWD provided responses to the recommendations of the auditor and the auditor accepted all responses. The report is available online. For additional information, please contact the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 18, 2016. State Board of Education Meeting, November 16, 2016. Board Meeting. The State Board of Education met in Des Moines on November 16, 2016. The meeting began with public comment on proposed changes to the Iowa Administrative Code Chapter 79, which were scheduled to be adopted and filed in Director Ryan Weiss's remarks, which previewed the upcoming conversations on the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, changes. Interim Finance Director Matt Coulter CFO of Iowa Vocational Rehabilitation Services and Dr. Ann Lebo, the new Executive Director of the Board of Educational Examiners, were introduced to the Board. Administrative Rules Review The Board reviewed five sets of administrative rules. Chapter 79 rules were planned to update standards for teacher preparation programs to meet national standards and better allow teacher certifications to transfer in and out of Iowa. These rule changes also addressed standards related to the reading endorsement. Public comment was made that the changes in these rules were not sufficient to address the deficiencies in teacher preparation programs around early identification of 
dyslexia. The board voted down the rules and instructed staff to begin rewriting more specific rules. Chapter 62, state standards for progression in reading. Rules were adopted and filed. Chapter 24, community college accreditation. Chapter 12, general accreditation standards, science assessment, and chapter 46, career and technical education rules were given notice of intended action. Educator preparation program reviews. The board reviewed two educator preparation programs and saw a report on the state of educator preparation programs in Iowa based on research completed over the last year. Graceland University, the board accredited the program in light of changes the program made in response to the review. William Penn University, there were four areas of concern around equity of program between the on-campus teacher preparation program and the distance learning program. The board expressed concerns that these issues were the same that existed at the last time the program was accredited. The program was given a single-year provisional approval pending changes to be reviewed at an accreditation evaluation next year. On a survey of recent graduates, self-reflection on preparation to be in the classroom and their principal's reflection on their preparedness, new teachers and principals responded that the area new teachers were least prepared in was classroom management. In the future, this information will be provided to the area education agencies, AEAs, and teacher mentors so that they can focus on these skills with novice teachers. Recommendations from the Council on Educator Development. The board saw a presentation from Dr. Brad Buck, Cedar Rapids CSD Superintendent, John Sheldahl, Great Prairie AEA Chief Administrator, and Matt Ludwig, Bureau of Educator Quality, on the work that the Council has done over the past three years. The Council determined a set of recommendations to support educator development across Iowa, focusing on the Council's last recommendation, the implementation of statewide learning progressions for teachers that give them a model for growth on teaching skills. Bullying data and prevention efforts. The board saw a review of the data that is collected by the Department of Education on founded incidents of bullying and harassment. This data is collected at the aggregate level from local education agencies and includes the protected category that was targeted, method of bullying or harassment, location, type of person perpetrating the bullying or harassment, and consequences. This data collection has become more consistent over time through guidance from the department. Other items. The State Board of Education also saw a review of the state literacy standards which led to minor revisions, approved the early childhood paraeducator certification program at Green Hills AEA and accredited Mississippi Bend AEA. They also reviewed a brief update on smarter balanced rollout and ESSA implementation at the state level. Representatives from the department also gave an overview of the first steps in the standards adoption and review process for recommended standards in the fine arts, which will be the first of the recommended state standards that the department reviews. The next meeting of the State Board of Education will be Thursday, January 19, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 18, 2016, Department of Justice Audit. Fiscal Year 2015 Audit, the Office of Auditor of State released the audit report on the Iowa Department of Justice for Fiscal Year 2015. The Attorney General serves as the head of the department and chief legal officer of the state. The department prosecutes and defends all cases in the Supreme Court in which the state is a party 
or has an interest. The department also represents the state in other actions and proceedings, both civil and criminal, when, in its judgment, the best interests of the state require it to do so, or when requested to appear by the governor or the executive council. Audit findings. The report makes the following findings related to internal control, segregation of duties. During the auditor's review, existing procedures are evaluated to determine if incompatible duties are performed by the same employee. The segregation of duties helps to prevent losses from employee error or dishonesty and maximizes the accuracy of the department's financial statements. Within the prosecuting attorney's office, responsibilities for maintaining detailed accounts receivable records are not segregated from collections. A listing of mail receipts is not prepared by the mail opener, at least on a test basis. The report makes the following findings related to statutory requirements and other matters. Biennial report to governor. Iowa Code Section 7A.6 requires the attorney general's office to complete a biennial report of the two-year period ending with December 31st in even-numbered years. The report must be filed as soon as practicable after the expiration of the two-year period, but not later than March 1st. The Attorney General's biennial report for the period ending December 31st, 2014 was not filed by the March 1st deadline. Targeted Small Business Procurement Goals Iowa Code Section 73.16 requires the director of each state agency or department having purchasing authority in cooperation with the Targeted Small Business or TSB Marketing and Compliance Manager of the Iowa Economic Development Authority or IEDA to establish a procurement goal for certified targeted small businesses each fiscal year. The procurement goal shall include the procurement of goods and services including construction but excluding utility services. The goal must be stated in terms of a dollar amount and at a level exceeding the procurement levels from certified targeted small businesses during the previous fiscal year. The TSB procurement goal for the Department of Justice for fiscal year 2015 was not set at a level greater than fiscal year 2014 actual TSB spending. Recommendations and responses. The auditor made recommendations on compliance for all of the items outlined. The Iowa Department of Justice submitted responses for improvement that were accepted by the auditor. A full copy of the report is available for review in the Office of Auditor of State and on the Auditor of State website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2016. Sex Offender Registry Council Meeting. The Sex Offender Research Council, or SORC, held a meeting on November 16, 2016 at the State Capitol Building. Council 2017 Annual Report. The Council approved its 2017 Annual Report, an analysis of domestic abuse and sex offense in Iowa. The purpose of the analysis was to examine the overall profile of offenders convicted of domestic violence and or sex abuse in Iowa and originally sought to examine the proportion of intersection between domestic violence and sex crimes. However, after a review of conviction data did not provide enough data to draw conclusions, a deeper investigation was done into the variations between offenders who enter prison on a most serious sex crime compared to those who enter on domestic violence crime was done. Those findings suggested that the two groups are dissimilar in a review of multiple variables specific to the offenders, victims, and the offense. 
This analysis failed to find a high proportion of intersection between domestic violence and sex crimes, but that may be a result of plea and sentencing negotiations. The SORC recommends that the Criminal and Juvenile Justice Planning Division of the Department of Human Rights perform additional analysis regarding domestic violence, including initial charges. This could aid in providing insight to whether a policy creating mandatory items for those previously convicted of domestic violence is actually going to capture individuals who are otherwise considered repeat domestic violence offenders but have not been convicted because of the plea negotiation process. House File 2399, introduced during the 2016 General Assembly, would have established mandatory minimum terms for individuals found to have prior domestic violence convictions. Additional research would explore sentencing disposition data to determine the number of individuals charged with a domestic violence crime but not convicted and therefore not subjected to the mandatory term. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764 and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2016, Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communications System Board Meeting. The Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communication System, or ISICS, board met November 10, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. Significant agenda items included Statewide Interoperability Coordinator, or SWIC, report. Coordinator Craig Allen reported, work is continuing on the Land Mobile Radio, LMR, trunk system. Once the first net contract is awarded at the national level, that project will move quickly. Coordinator Allen is monitoring those changes and remaining in touch with the broadband committee. Outreach regarding FirstNet needs to be improved. At a national meeting for SWICs recently, the issue of how to manage the encryption component of FirstNet as well as planning for next-gen 911 and the effects on operability were discussed. Results of the November election may affect future grant availability at the federal level. Local entities may want to look at other possible sources of funding. E911 Council Report E911 Fund Administrator Blake DeRoche reported on several items. All of the consolidation workshops are complete and an estimated 200 people attended. Public Safety Answering Point, or PSAP, surveys need to be submitted for inclusion in a required legislative report. The first deadline for this report to be received by the legislature is January 15, 2017, and the total amount of $4.4 million for PSAP grants has been awarded and will be dispersed. User Group Committee applications for the Des Moines Police Department and Kosuth County Sheriff's Office are pending for usage of the ISICS. Finance Committee. Currently, there is $271,000 remaining from state appropriations, funds that are allowed to carry forward each year. Operations Committee. The Strategic Technical Response Trailers continue to be a priority. One of the trailers and its radio equipment was used during the Cedar Rapids flooding emergency. FirstNet Outreach. The outreach website is going through final stage security testing with the Office of the Chief Information Officer. The Wi-Fi Internet for School of Emergencies, or WISE, logo is being finalized, and after the pilot project is completed, there will probably be interest within Iowa and other states in adopting the system. Currently, Marshalltown, Martinsdale, and Norwalk 
are the schools piloting the system. Training and exercise. A previously scheduled training class was canceled due to the flooding experienced in northeast Iowa. It will be rescheduled to be held in Davenport in December. Technology committee. The committee is working on public notice changes and licensing of frequencies. FirstNet Broadband. The FirstNet national vendor will not be selected in November 2016 as previously announced. At this time, it is unknown when that decision will be made. When it is, the draft state plans will be released. The FirstNet Broadband Committee will then have an emergency meeting to prepare a recommendation for the ISICS board. Other reports, a Motorola representative provided an update on the ISICS project and stated that the weather has allowed the company to focus on an aggressive construction work schedule with new installations and existing tower modifications. Motorola should be placing equipment shelters on sites by the end of the year. Multiple sites per region are being developed. A mechanism is being established to allow each agency to program their radios. Chair Tom Lampe mentioned that Motorola has been presenting information at association conferences that has helped to clear up misconceptions regarding the project. Old business. A standards working group has been formed to research best practices from other states. The group's goal is to protect the integrity of the system. They are consulting experts in the area as needed and looking initially at 37 critical policies that need to be released quickly. New business. The SWIC was asked to draft a letter from the ISICS board to all PSAPs and sheriff's office to remind them of the requirement to comply with P25 system interoperability. Samantha Breyer of the Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department, or HSEMD, reported that U.S. Cellular inadvertently sent out a wireless emergency alert to all of its customers nationwide during testing on November 7th. Some customers received the alert multiple times and some cell phone customers from other companies also received the alert if their phones were roaming on the U.S. Cellular network at that time. Local PSAPs were flooded with calls regarding the alert and it took six hours before HSEMD was able to get an explanation from U.S. Cellular on what the alerts were regarding. Concerns cited by Ms. Brayer included that U.S. Cellular instructed customers to turn off the wireless emergency alert notification and those customers may not choose to turn the notification option back on. U.S. Cellular is not explaining the event to its customers but only to the media and government agencies. The next board meeting is December 8, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2016. Iowa E911 Communications Council Meeting. The Iowa E911 Communications Council met on November 10, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. E911 Surcharge Fund Administrator Blake DeRoche reported on several items. Plans for the $100,000 allocation to the Council for Travel and Training include a media campaign explaining usage of the text to E911 program and geographic information systems or GIS training for local public safety answering points or PSAP personnel. All of the consolidation workshops are complete and an estimated 200 people attended. The PSAP surveys need to be submitted for inclusion in a required legislative report currently being written. This report has a final deadline to be received by the legislature by January 15, 2017. The total amount of $4.4 million for PSAP grants has been awarded and will be dispersed. 
Progress with the next-gen project that allows text to E911 continues with Warren and Blackhawk counties being scheduled for work. Association of Public Safety Communication Officials, or APCO. Council Member Rob Copert attended the APCO National Convention in August. He reports that many of the classes were related to social media and how to effectively use it. U.S. Cellular Problem. Samantha Brer of the Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department, or HSEMD, reported that U.S. Cellular inadvertently sent out a wireless emergency alert to all of their customers nationwide during testing on November 7th. Some customers received the alert multiple times and some cell phone customers from other companies also received the alert if their phones were roaming on the U.S. cellular network at that time. Local PSAPs were flooded with calls regarding the alert, and it took six hours before HSEMD was able to get an explanation from U.S. Cellular on what the alerts were regarding. Concerns cited by Ms. Breer included that U.S. Cellular instructed customers to turn off the wireless emergency alert notification, and those customers may not choose to turn the notification option back on. U.S. Cellular is not explaining the event to its customers, but only to the media and government agencies. The council approved a motion to write a letter to U.S. Cellular expressing its concern regarding the incident and requesting the company to take a proactive approach to its customer base in explaining what happened. The next council meeting will be December 8, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Folk-Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2016. Industrial Hemp Program Interim Study Committee. Industrial Hemp Interim. The Industrial Hemp Program Study Committee met on November 21, 2016 in Des Moines. The committee adopted rules and elected co-chairpersons Senator Kevin Kinney and Representative Lee Hine. Other members included Senators William Dotzler and Tim Capuchian and Representatives Bruce Beringer and Mike Sexton. Charge. The charge of the Industrial Hemp Program Study Committee is to evaluate the potential for and logistics of establishing an industrial hemp program in Iowa. This would include the economic and environmental impacts related to establishing a program and the regulatory aspects related to production of industrial hemp. Panel discussion. A panel provided information on the history of growing industrial hemp and other related information. This included Robin Prusner, Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, or DA. LS, Angie Reek Hines, Iowa State University or ISU, and Dale Woolery, Governor's Office of Drug Control Policy. Issues discussed by Ms. Prusner included Section 7606 of the 2014 Farm Bill that specifies industrial hemp must have a tetrahydrocannabinol concentration of 0.3% or less in a dry weight basis. The Farm Bill also allows institutions of higher education or state departments of agriculture to grow industrial hemp. Other issues included the availability of industrial hemp seeds, seed certification programs, and the concerns about cross-pollination of plants. Production and Economics a second panel provided information on the logistics of growing, harvesting, and selling industrial hemp. The discussion also included economic potentials, market development, and other implementation issues. This panel included Dr. Christopher Disbro from the Heartland Hemp Company and two hemp farmers, Mike Lewis from Kentucky and Rick Trojan from Colorado. Other states, the National Conference for State Legislatures, or NCSL, published an article on August 19, 2016, discussing industrial hemp. 
As of that date, 30 states had passed legislation related to industrial hemp. Some legislation has established an industrial hemp research and or pilot program. Other states have been authorized to complete a study on the industrial hemp industry. It was also reported that 16 states have legalized industrial hemp production. The public made comments after the panel discussions were completed. No recommendations were made by the committee and the meeting was adjourned. For additional information, refer to the Industrial Hemp Program Study Committee website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Cozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2016, Honey Creek Resort Audit Report. Fiscal Year 2016 Audit Report, the Office of Auditor of State released the audit report on Honey Creek Resort operations for fiscal year 2016 on November 15, 2016. The resort opened for business on September 18, 2008 and had been managed by Central Group Management until May 31, 2016. A new 15-year management agreement has been completed between the Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, and Delaware North Companies Parks and Resorts Incorporated, or DNC, beginning on June 1, 2016. Because of the management change, the audit report includes revenue and expenditures from Honey Creek Resort operations up to June 1, 2016. Income Statement A loss of $349,000 was reported for fiscal year 2016 operations at Honey Creek Resort. Part of the loss was due to the transition of management companies. The contract with Central Group Management specified the company retained revenue from advanced reservations and gift cards sold prior to the DNC transition. Revenue. Operations at Honey Creek Resort generate revenue from the following. Lodging, restaurant sales, golf course sales, and other related activities. Comparing fiscal year 2016 to fiscal year 2015, lodging revenue decreased by $307,000 or 9.4%. Food and beverage sales decreased by $299,000 or 16.1%. And golf sales decreased by $117,000 or 18.3%. Expenditures. Comparing total expenditures for fiscal year 2016 to 2015, there was a decrease of $75,000 or 1.3%. The top four expenditure categories experienced decreases, including payroll, $41,000 or 1.5%, cost of goods sold, $115,000 or 41%, supplies, $22,000 or 4.4%, and utilities, $45,000 or 9.2%. To review the audit report, refer to the Auditor of State website. To review other financial information about Honey Creek Resort, refer to the DNR website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2016, Early Childhood Iowa Funding Subcommittee Meeting. The Early Childhood Iowa, or ECI Funding Formula, subcommittee met on Wednesday, November 16, 2016 to review 14 new funding formula options for the Early Childhood Iowa grant. Review of Formula Options During the discussion and review of funding formula options, the subcommittee agreed that a formula that is driven by program eligibility and enrollment is likely to be more volatile over time as federal or state eligibility requirements change. However, the subcommittee also agreed that some 
Volatility in year-to-year -year grant funding is acceptable, provided that changes in funding reflect changes in the demographics of a geographical region. The draft funding formula options factored children ages 0 to 5 at 200% of the federal poverty level into the formula. The subcommittee has decided to explore future formula options, including children ages 0 through 5 at 100% and 185% of the federal poverty level. One member of the subcommittee put forth the idea of a modified base that allows for the 0 through 5 population to be divided into three tiers based on population size. In this instance, the base amount of the appropriation going toward each ECI area would be based on the area's population. The subcommittee is also considering an exact dollar amount floor instead of a percentage-driven base for each ECI area. Next steps, the subcommittee will review a new set of funding formula options. After the subcommittee has selected a formula, the group will begin to discuss a phased-in approach to implementing the new funding formula. The subcommittee is scheduled to meet again in early December 2016. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301, and Kenneth Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2016. Audit, Muscatine County Sheriff's Office Special Investigation. Audit for January 1, 2013 through January 11, 2016. State Auditor Mary Mosman recently released a special investigation audit of the Muscatine County Sheriff's Office. The investigation was requested because of concerns regarding certain deposits prepared by the former assistant jail administrator, Doug Bolton. He was terminated from employment effective March 1, 2016. Findings. An estimated total of $82,400 of undeposited collections was identified. This amount was from room and board fees from individuals in the work release program. Actual undeposited collections were unable to be determined because of inadequate records for collections and the unavailability of individual ledger sheets and monthly reconciliations. Recommendations. Recommendations detailed in the audit included the following functions should be segregated, reviewing collections, distributing collected cash and checks, posting collections to individual ledger sheets, preparing bank deposits, and preparing, signing, and issuing checks for work release room and board fees received. Reconciliations between inmate accounts, payments received from work release room and board, and any work release room and board fees reported to the county clerk of court should be completed by someone independent of collecting the payments. Reconciliations between the amount collected for work release room and board and the amount deposited to the county treasurer should be completed by someone independent of any collection or deposit duties. Pre-numbered receipts should be issued for all collections at the time of collection and should be compared periodically to deposits by an independent party. And the collections received should be deposited in a timely manner. All collections should be placed in a secure location with limited access and the use of hanging files should be discontinued. The full audit report can be found on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Folk Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764.
Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 23, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Treasurer of State. Presentation, Treasurer of State Michael Fitzgerald presented to the Governor on November 22, 2016. The Treasurer of State's office is requesting a status quo budget for fiscal year 2018 totaling $1.1 million. Iowa 529 College Savings Plans. The Treasurer reported that as of June 30, 2016, the Iowa 529 College Savings Plan program had assets totaling $4.500 billion. A total of $373 million was contributed and $325 million was dispersed. The total number of accounts was 288,000, an increase of 11,000 accounts compared to the prior year. Additional information on the program is available on the following website, www.collegesavingsiowa.com. Unclaimed property. As of June 30, 2016, a total of 16,600 claims were paid and approximately $19 million was returned. Total receipts for the unclaimed property program were $35 million and 6,280 entities reported unclaimed property to the Treasurer's Office this year. Additional information is available on the Treasurer of State's website, www.iowatreasurer.gov. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 23, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Iowa Finance Authority. On November 21, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing for the Iowa Finance Authority. The authority reviewed the demand for its products and services. The authority submitted a fiscal year 2018 request for a general fund appropriation of $858,000 for the rent subsidy program. This is an increase of $200,000 compared to estimated fiscal year 2017. The requested increase is intended to provide additional support for the rent subsidy program. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 23, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Iowa Economic Development Authority. Hearing on November 21, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing for the Iowa Economic Development Authority. The authority reviewed past economic development efforts and future opportunities. The authority submitted a fiscal year 2018 request for general fund appropriations totaling $17.3 million. This is no change compared to estimated fiscal year 2017. The request includes the following items, economic development appropriation, $15.1 million, World Food Prize, $713,000, Iowa Commission on Volunteer Services, Promise, $178,000, Councils of Governments Assistance, $200,000, and Tourism Marketing, $1.1 million. The authority also submitted a request for other funds appropriations totaling $22.9 million. This is no change compared to the estimated fiscal year 2017. The request includes the following items. Apprenticeship training program, $3 million. Job training, $3 million. STEM or STEM scholarships, $1 million. And high quality jobs program, $15.9 million. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, 
Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 23, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Education. On November 22, 2016, Director Ryan Wise presented on the Department of Education funding requests for fiscal year 2018. For the purpose of this hearing, Dr. Wise focused on four areas that have requested funding increases, which the department believes are critical to continued growth. Early Literacy Initiative, a request for $18.7 million to fund continued implementation support for the Early Literacy Initiative, increased funding for the Early Warning System, which is made up of the statewide data system and the universal screening measure for kindergarten through sixth grade students that is not currently fully funded, full funding for the Iowa Reading Research Center, and a new appropriation of $5.5 million for a reading, coaching, and professional learning program for early literacy teachers. Teacher Leadership and Compensation, or TLC, a request totaling $2.5 million, including $500,000 for ongoing support from the department to local education agencies or LEAs and area education agencies or AEAs for the TLC program, $1 million in continued AEA funding that flows through the department so that AEAs can support LEAs with TLC implementation, and $1 million in continued funding for the principal support system aimed at supporting principals through the process of TLC execution. Future Ready Iowa, or FRI, and Career and Technical Education, or CTE, redesign. A request to fund 2.25 FTE positions to support the CTE redesign process. Iowa Learning Online, or ILO. A request for $750,000 to support the Iowa Learning Online initiative. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 23, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Auditor of State. Presentation, Mary Mosselman, Auditor of State, presented to the Governor on November 22, 2016. The Auditor of State's office is requesting a status quo budget for fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019, totaling $939,642 each year. City Periodic Exams. Legislation enacted in the 2012 Legislative Session, 2012 Acts, Chapter 1107, permitted examinations of city finances. The legislation took effect July 1, 2013. This year, the Auditor's Office has begun follow-up audits of cities. Information on the city examinations is available on the Auditor of State's website. Special Reports. Since January 1, 2016, the Office has issued 25 special reports. As of November 17, 2016, the Office of the Auditor of State is conducting approximately 26 special investigations that will result in the issuance of special reports upon completion of the investigations. Reports are available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 23, 2016. Fiscal Committee Meeting, November 2016. The Legislative Fiscal Committee of the Legislative Council met in Room 301 of the Rod Library at the University of Northern Iowa, or UNI, on November 14, 2016. Interim President Jim Wolpart welcomed the committee to the UNI campus. He stated that UNI has received national recognition for its work with students. 
The current freshman class is the largest since 2008 and the most diverse. The freshman retention rate from last year was 85% and UNI's four and five year graduation rates are the highest ever recorded. UNI student government representatives. Representatives from the UNI student government addressed the committee. Concerns expressed included major and minor areas of study being eliminated, staff vacancies, fewer opportunities for graduate students, increased tuition costs, and the availability of mental health services. Two-year tuition plan. Board of Regents President Bruce Rastetter addressed the two-year tuition increase plan, which includes a 2% increase in state appropriations each year and a 2% increase in resident undergraduate tuition rates each year. The plan also includes differential tuition to ensure that more expensive majors, such as engineering, reflect a higher tuition rate. Enrollment trends. Jason Ponius Director of Institutional Research for the Board of Regents discussed enrollment trends including the number of Iowa high school graduates has been decreasing at a rate of around 1% per year. Iowa is a net importer of students. For every one student leaving the state for higher education, there are four students from other states coming into Iowa. China, India, and South Korea are the sources of the largest number of international students to the region's institutions. In the fall of 2016, there was a record enrollment of 81,899 students at the region's institutions, and the majority of transfers to region's institutions are from Iowa's community colleges. Transparent Inclusive Efficiency Review, or TIER, tier process. An update on the tier process and the accomplishments that have been made were given by representatives from each of the region's institutions. American Institute of Business Campus. An update on the American Institute of Business, or AIB, campus located in Des Moines was provided. The facilities are available to all three region's institutions in a shared campus approach. Some apartment buildings will be torn down, opening up a building lot. There are plans to open the dormitories for college interns coming into the Des Moines area. Currently, the four program areas being offered at at the AIB facilities are social work, political science, sports and recreational management, and enterprise leadership. Infrastructure projects. Representatives from each of the region's institutions presented details regarding infrastructure projects and those campuses. There is a high demand for the bonds that the regions issue and they have strong credit ratings. The top priorities for the institutions are environmental issues, fire safety, and deferred maintenance. Fiscal updates. Legislative Services Agency staff provided updates on the most recent revenue estimating conference, the general fund balance sheet, Medicaid, and mental health programs. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764 and Dave Reynolds, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6934. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Health and Human Services. The Department of Human Services, the Department of Public Health, the Department of Veterans Affairs, the Iowa Veterans Home, and the Iowa Department on Aging presented to the Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and their staff as part of the Governor's Budget Hearings on Tuesday, November 22, 2016. The departments had the opportunity to share their accomplishments and update the Governor on various programs, activities, and accomplishments. Specifics of the department's budget requests submitted on October 1, 2016 were discussed in depth. 
For more information or copies of the PowerPoint presentations, please contact Legislative Services Agency staff. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Jess Benson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-4611, Kent Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200, and Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship. Budget Discussion. Bill Northey, Secretary of Agriculture, presented his budget requests to the Governor on November 28, 2016. The Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, or DALS, is requesting an increase of $7.8 million for fiscal year 2018, discussion topics included. Employee-related expenditures will increase by $1.3 million for fiscal year 2018 and $1.5 million for fiscal year 2019. However, there are no budget requests for additional funding related to the increased cost for insurance, salaries, and other benefits. The department will cover the increases with appropriated funding. An increase of $5.2 million for the Water Quality Initiative Management Program that was established in fiscal year 2014. An increase of $500,000 for biosecurity efforts in the Foreign Animal Disease Program. The animal production industry in Iowa is estimated to be at $13 billion per year and an increase of $1.9 million per year for the next four years to close the remaining 18 agriculture drainage wells. The wells are located in Floyd, Grundy, Butler, and Humboldt counties. Renewable Fuels Infrastructure Program. Secretary Northey discussed the importance of continued funding to the Renewable Fuels Infrastructure Program. The program provides funding to assist retail fuel operations with converting or adding equipment that stores or dispenses renewable fuel. The program has been funded with the environmental protection charge that equals one cent per gallon of gas sold. This charge will end on December 31, 2016. For fiscal year 2017, the DALS will receive $3 million for the Renewable Fuels Infrastructure Program and $500,000 to pay for inspections at renewable fuel sites. Additional information is available on the DALS website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deborah Cosell. Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Iowa Public Television. On November 22, 2016, Molly Phillips, Executive Director and General Manager of Iowa Public Television, or IPTV, presented proposed changes to IPTV's budget for fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019. Changes to the IPTV budget included $147,500 to pay for the increased electricity costs of keeping the IPTV transmitters on 24 hours a day, allowing IPTV to return to 24-hour programming. This would produce multiple positive outcomes. Reduce wear and tear on the equipment. Permit IPTV to better serve as the provider of the National Warning Alert and Response Network, or WARN. Allow IPTV to provide the new 24-hour PBS Kids programming offered through the National Public Broadcasting Network. $370,000 to fund a contents team made up of four FTE positions. 
capital requests totaling $2.2 million over two years to allow IPTV to strategically replace equipment. IPTV is requesting $1 million for fiscal year 2018 and $1.2 million for fiscal year 2019. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Iowa Public Employment Relations Board. On November 22, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing for the Iowa Public Employment Relations Board. The board gave updates on its activities over the past year. The board submitted a request for fiscal year 2018 general fund appropriation of $1.3 million. This is no change compared to estimated fiscal year 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Iowa Department of Workforce Development. On November 28, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing for the Iowa Department of Workforce Development. The department gave updates on the department's activities over the past year. The department submitted a fiscal year 2018 request for general fund appropriations totaling $17.6 million. There is no change compared to estimated fiscal year 2017. The request includes the following items. Labor Services Division, $4.3 million. Workers' Compensation Division, $3.3 million. Operations, Field Offices, $358,000. Offender Reentry Program, $200,000. One-third State Accounting System, $275,000. And Employee Misclassification Program, $451,000. The Department also submitted a request for other funds appropriations totaling $22.9 million. This is no change compared to estimated fiscal year 2017. The request includes the following items. Field offices, special contingency fund, $1.8 million. Field offices, UI reserve interest, $557,000. And AMOS, Mid-Iowa Organizing Strategy, $100,000. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Inspections and Appeals. On November 21, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing in conjunction with the Department of Management for the Department of Inspections and Appeals, or DIA. Director Rod Roberts presented the Department's fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 funding requests, stating that the Department's budget will remain at status quo at an appropriation level of $12.2 million. Director Roberts also discussed three lean events the DIA took part in throughout fiscal year 2016, including an interagency study with the Department of Human Services regarding cost avoidance and case follow-up methods as experienced in the Medicare and Medicaid systems. The DIA plans to continue studying long-term care plans under these systems while staying aware of any potential changes for those who use these services under the Federal Affordable Care Act. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. 
Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Cultural Affairs. On November 21, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing for the Department of Cultural Affairs. The department gave updates on the department's outreach activities over the past year. The department submitted fiscal year 2018 request for general fund appropriations totaling $6 million. This is no change compared to estimated fiscal year 2017. The request includes the following items. Administration Division $177,000, Community Cultural Grants $172,000, Historical Division $3.2 million, Historical Sites $426,000, Arts Division $1.2 million, Great Places $150,000, Archiving Former Governor's Papers $66,000, Records Center Rent $227,000 and County Endowment Funding $417,000. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Corrections. On November 22, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing for the Department of Corrections, or DOC. DOC Director Jerry Bartruff presented the Department's fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 funding requests, stating that the Department's budget will remain at status quo at an appropriation level of $385.1 million. Director Bartruff stressed the importance of lowering the recidivism rate in controlling costs. Apprenticeship programs within the prisons help to reduce recidivism by giving inmates employable job skills upon their release. The DOC is also trying to use resources more efficiently and the move of sex offenders from the Mount Pleasant Correctional Facility to the Newton Correctional Facility is an example of that effort. Increasing medical and county confinement costs are two areas that were cited by Director Bartruff as concerns. A lean project addressing county confinement costs was conducted and changes in the processes for parole violation revocations are being enacted to decrease inefficiencies. Governor Branstad inquired about the Iowa State Penitentiary ISP at Fort Madison. Director Bartruff stated that some of the problems they have experienced with the new facility were anticipated. The geothermal and ventilation issues are still being addressed as are some operational issues. Critical incidents have decreased in the new facility and the staff is accepting the direct supervision model. Discussions regarding how to utilize the old ISPS facility are ongoing. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764 and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Board of Regents. The representatives of the Board of Regents and its institutions presented information to Governor Terry Branstad and his staff regarding the fiscal year 2018 budget requests on November 22, 2016. Board President Bruce Rastetter discussed the Board's goal of guaranteeing tuition rates for two years so that students can plan their finances. He noted that this is difficult without two-year state appropriations. Governor Branstad commented that his administration will submit a biennial budget to the legislature for fiscal year 2018. Iowa State University ISU. President Stephen Leith 
presented highlights of ISU's achievements and the fiscal year 2018 budget request. He noted that due to steadily increasing enrollment, the state funding per resident student has been steadily declining. University of Iowa, or UI. President Bruce Harold highlighted UI's achievements and fiscal year 2018 budget request. He stressed the importance of establishing competitive faculty salaries so that UI can recruit quality faculty from around the country. University of Northern Iowa, UNI. Interim President Jim Wolpart highlighted UNI's achievements and budget request. He discussed the year's record enrollments, UNI's successful freshman retention efforts, and the need to now focus on retaining sophomores. He noted that UNI is requesting $2.5 million more than the 2% increase requested by the other universities and said that the funds will be used to change UNI's business model. Special Schools. Superintendent Steve Gettle highlighted the achievements and challenges of the Iowa School for the Deaf and the Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School. Among the challenges facing the programs are reading delays among students, a lack of assessment data, insufficient early childhood intervention, limited family resources and gaps in access to services, and maintaining competitive salaries to aid teacher recruitment. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 28, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Board of Parole. On November 22, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing in conjunction with the Board of Parole, or BOP. BOP Chair John Hodges presented the department's fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 funding requests of $1.2 million, a status quo budget. Chair Hodges stated that the BOP is very strong and unified and has an excellent partnership with the Department of Corrections. Efficiencies achieved through using the Iowa Corrections Offender Network, or ICON, have increased the number of reviews the BOP is able to achieve early. The BOP is requesting an additional $160,000 from the Technology Reinvestment Fund for the development of a commutation and clemency module with ICON and to finish the digitization of 11,300 existing files. Both of these projects would continue to enhance the efficiencies the BOP has been implementing. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764, and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 29, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Iowa Law Enforcement Academy. On November 22, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing in conjunction with the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy, or ILEA. ILEA Director Judy Bradshaw presented the department's fiscal year 2018 funding request of $1 million, a status quo budget. Director Bradshaw stated that 6,829 law enforcement personnel received training at the ILEA during fiscal year 2016, and the goal is to train at least 9,000 personnel in fiscal year 2017. She outlined several goals achieved during fiscal year 2016, including procurement grant funding from the Bureau of Justice Assistance for a Blue Courage training program for all ILEA staff, converting ILEA course material from paper to an electronic format, and initiating an electronic filing system. 
Enrollment has been increasing and is expected to continue that trend, especially with additions in specialty training such as cybercrime. Director Bradshaw would like to fund one additional FTE instructor position with the increased tuition and fee revenue resulting from increased enrollment. The ILEA is also requesting $35,000 from the Technology Reinvestment Fund for fiscal year 2018 to provide an electronic filing system for student records. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764, and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 29, 2016, Governor's Budget Hearing, Ethics and Campaign Disclosure Board. On November 22, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing in conjunction with the Department of Management for the Iowa Ethics and Campaign Disclosure, IECD, board. IECD Director Megan Tooker presented the board's fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 funding requests, stating that the board is requesting an appropriation of approximately $607,500. This is an increase of $60,000 when compared to the board's fiscal year 2017 appropriation and is intended to allow the board to maintain its current staffing level while adjusting for increases in office rent and health insurance costs. Director Tooker also stated that the board is currently working with the Department of Administrative Services to create on-demand electronic ethics training for executive branch employees and officials. The board also plans to introduce legislation during the 87th General Assembly. This legislation is intended to provide clarification on Iowa Code Sections 68A.505 and 68B.35, focusing specifically on using government resources for political purposes and compliance issues relating to filing annual financial disclosure statements. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 29, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Public Safety's Budget Hearing, Department of Public Safety. On November 21, 2016, Governor Terry Branstad held a budget hearing in conjunction with the Department of Public Safety, DPS. DPS Commissioner Roxanne Ryan presented the department's fiscal year 2018 funding requests, stating that the department's budget request is $100.3 million. Increases include $46,000 to partially fund the statewide interoperability coordinator position as the federal grant for this will expire in January 2018, and $5 million for the general fund to restore full funding to the police officer's retirement unfunded liability, a standing limited appropriation. This would be an increase of $2.5 million compared to the fiscal year 2017 appropriation. Commissioner Ryan highlighted the various services that the DPS provides to Iowa citizens, including highway safety. Two specific efforts mentioned that have been successful were the High Five Rural Traffic Safety Project and the Corridor Speed Initiative. Commissioner Ryan also mentioned that 62 troopers and supervisors were assigned to Northeast Iowa earlier this year to assist with flooding issues. Construction of the Iowa Statewide Interoperability Communication System, or ISICS, was discussed, and the Backbone Network should be completed within two years. 
Items being requested from other funds include $4.1 million from the E911 surcharge fund for the fiscal year 2018 lease purchase of the ISICS, $1.1 million from the Gaming Enforcement Fund for Radios for Gaming Enforcement Special Agents, $1.1 million from the Technology Reinvestment Fund, or TRF, for Scene Imaging Equipment, for the Division of Criminal Investigation, or DCI Crime Lab, and Electronic Controlled Devices, tasers, for Iowa State Troopers, and $2 million from the TRF for radios for non-uniformed officers within the DCI, the Division of Narcotics Enforcement, the State Fire Marshal Division, and the Division of Intelligence and Fusion Center. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764 and Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-275-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 29, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, College Student Aid Commission. The College Student Aid Commission presented its request for state funding for fiscal year 2018 to Governor Terry Branstad on November 29, 2016. The agency's only requested increase was for the National Guard Education Assistance Program to restore funding that was reduced in fiscal year 2017 due to a carry-forward balance. As in previous years, the members of the commission submitted a separate request based on a 2% increase in funding for all programs. Governor's response. The governor expressed agreement with the commission's efforts to garner legislative support for combining smaller aid programs that target similar audiences. He noted that this would allow more flexibility in a limited budget. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 30, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Office of the State Public Defender. Presentation, State Public Defender Adam Gregg presented the Office of the State Public Defender Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request to Governor Terry Branstad on November 28, 2016. The office is requesting a status quo budget of $26.2 million for fiscal year 2018. Indigent Defense Fund. The State Public Defender is also requesting a $4.3 million increase for the Indigent Defense Fund, totaling $34 million for fiscal year 2018. Based on the funding needs in fiscal year 2016 and fiscal year 2017, the State Public Defender believes these additional funds will be necessary to fulfill all the claims to the fund in fiscal year 2018. Online Claims Submission Online submission for attorney claims will be mandatory on January 1, 2017. This system will allow the office to process claims more quickly and conduct audits to prevent fraudulent claims to the fund. The office hopes to develop an online submission system for miscellaneous claims to the indigent defense fund, including claims made by experts, court reporters, and interpreters. The state public defender is requesting $66,463 from the Technology Reinvestment Fund for fiscal year 2018 to support this project. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509 and Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764.
Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 30, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Office of the Chief Information Officer. Presentation. Chief Information Officer Bob Van Wolfrad presented his fiscal year 2018 department requests to the Governor on November 28, 2016. The request totaled $13.7 million and includes 16 critical enterprise projects summarized here. $4.3 million for continued support for Google email implementation and one-year license cost for statewide implementation of the Virtru email encryption service. $4 million to initiate a statewide enterprise content management solution to replace long-term paper storage. $2.9 million for information security and infrastructure projects including data center hosting and migration, cyber defense controls, cyber security framework, cyber STEM scholarships, security awareness training, and public and private cyber conference. And $2.5 million for innovation projects including the government performance dashboard, Iowa Tech Challenge, local government portal, e-discovery portal, IT classifications, electronic payment portal, and Iowa Innovations Tech Fellows Program. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 30, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Iowa Civil Rights Commission. Presentation, the Executive Director of the Iowa Civil Rights Commission, or ICRC, Kristen Johnson, presented the Commission's Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request to Governor Terry Branstad on November 28, 2016. The Iowa Civil Rights Commission is requesting a status quo budget of $1.2 million for Fiscal Year 2018. EEOC and HUD funding. The ICRC receives federal funding from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, and the Housing and Urban Development Department, HUD, for processing employment and housing discrimination cases. The ICRC expects its federal funding levels to remain status quo. Fiscal Year 2016 Complaints In fiscal year 2016, there were fewer complaints filed than the previous fiscal year. Employment discrimination claims made up a majority of the complaints filed. The ICRC closed 1,636 cases in fiscal year 2016, an increase of about 200 cases from fiscal year 2015. The average number of days to close a complaint decreased from 250 days in fiscal year 2015 to 220 days in fiscal year 2016. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509 and Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, November 30, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Natural Resources. Budget Discussion. Director Chuck Gipp of the Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, presented budget information to Governor Terry Branstad on November 29, 2016. The DNR is requesting a status quo general fund budget of $15.3 million for fiscal year 2018. Discussion topics included general fund history, 
The majority of the general fund appropriation is used for state park operations. The DNR manages 68 state parks and has management agreements with counties or cities at 20 other locations. There is a chart that details the general fund appropriation for the DNR for fiscal year 2007 through fiscal year 2017. Beginning in fiscal year 2014, the average general fund appropriation has been $15.2 million. Success Stories The DNR provided information on the following successful projects completed in fiscal year 2016. Lake Restoration There were 24 lakes completely restored, 22 lakes in the restoration process, and 13 lakes in the planning phase. Shooting Sports There are more than 300 Iowa schools that provide an archery class in the curriculum and over 3,000 student participants in the Scholastic Clay Target Program. Nutrient Management the DNR has worked with other state and federal agencies to digitize information on 9 million acres of land to assist with implementing water quality improvement projects. Challenges. The DNR also provided information on the following challenges for fiscal year 2017. State park funding. As the general fund appropriation remains constant and operating costs continue to increase, the DNR struggles to operate and maintain the 68 state parks. The majority of all the parks have only one full-time employee, the park ranger, or the park manager. There are 14 parks that share employees with other parks, and there are 20 parks that have more than one full-time employee. Fish and Wildlife Trust Fund. Revenues to the trust fund remain stable, but expenditures for staff, equipment, boats, and vehicles continue to increase, and the future solvency of the trust fund is questionable. Conservation lands. The DNR owns 374,500 acres of land, less than 1% of all land in Iowa. This is marginal land in terms of agriculture production and is used for habitat development. Land purchased by the DNR through the Resource Enhancement and Protection Fund or through funds from the sale of habitat stamps requires the department to pay property taxes. The DNR paid over $907,000 in property taxes in fiscal year 2016. Additional information is available at the DNR website. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Natural Resources, November 30, 2016. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 30, 2016. Governor's Budget Hearing, Department of Administrative Services. Presentation, the Department of Administrative Services, DAS, Director Janet Phipps presented the fiscal year 2018 budget request to Governor Terry Branstad on November 29, 2016. The fiscal year 2018 general fund request totals $7.4 million, an increase of $430,000 compared to fiscal year 2017 to cover increased utility costs for the capital complex, Terrace Hill, and the Ankeny Laboratories for electrical, gas, and water utilities. The director noted that the DAS received approximately $186,000 from the Mid-America Franchise Fee Refund that will be applied toward fiscal year 2017 utility expenses. The department also reported a total of 
$47 million for fiscal year 2016 was collected on behalf of state agencies and political subdivisions through the Income Offset Program. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 30, 2016, Department of Human Services Audit. Fiscal Year 2015 Audit. The Office of Auditor of State released the audit report on the Iowa Department of Human Services, DHS, for fiscal year 2015. The DHS provides many types of assistance to Iowans in need. The DHS is also responsible for state mental health institutions, the University of Iowa Hospital School, and the State Training School at Eldora for Boys. The audit report makes recommendations for the department to comply with established guidelines related to the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, or TANF, and foster care programs and to improve controls in the department's field offices. Audit findings. The report notes the following findings. In a review of 98 cases receiving both Family Investment Program, or FIP, and foster care payments during the same month of service in fiscal year 2015, 12% received both FIP and foster care payments for an additional one to four months after entering foster care with a non-relative. It is unclear whether these payments meet an exception allowed by the federal government. In a review of 126 cases receiving both FIP and subsidized adoption payments during the same month of service in fiscal year 2015, 12% improperly received both FIP and subsidized adoption payments for an additional one to four months after entering subsidized adoption. The allowable FIP payments for these cases total $5,971. In a review of 40 out-of-home foster care cases, 30% did not have visits made at least once every month. There is a need to follow consistent practices relating to incoming mail and the processing of case paperwork in field offices to maintain and strengthen internal controls. And Iowa Code Section 217.40 requires the DHS to establish training programs designed to assist guardians and conservators in understanding their fiduciary duties and liabilities, the special needs of the ward, and how to best serve the ward and the ward's interests. The DHS has eliminated a training coordinator position for this purpose due to budget constraints. However, the department has taken steps to eliminate the training requirement language from the Iowa Code. This language was eliminated from Senate Study Bill 1182 and the training requirement language was also not included in the final legislation, Senate File 482. Recommendations and Responses The auditor made recommendations on compliance for all of the items outlined. The DHS submitted responses for improvement that were accepted by the auditor. A full copy of the report is available for review in the Office of Auditor of State and on the Auditor of State website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks-Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301.